time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, thank you for joining us on Reengineering Your Finances, the podcast that's going to help you learn a lot more about the financial world and how it might impact you going forward. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, the founder of CP Weldy Group, serving you not only in Delaware, also in Chester County areas. He's got an office there in Chad's Ford, PA on Route 52. You can find us online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles specializes in creating tax-efficient retirement plans. We've got a great show for you today on our inaugural edition of the podcast. We're going to find out a little bit about what makes Charles tick, why he got into this business, and his vision going forward, not only for his company, but also for you as you think about retirement and your financial future. Before we get into all of those fun details, Charles, first of all, welcome to the show. It's great to talk to you. Thank you, Walter. Appreciate it. Well, I'm looking forward to not only today's program, but hosting the show each time with you, Charles, as we get to learn a little bit more about you and your business and also how people can maybe benefit from you know, tapping into the knowledge that you've amassed through years in this financial business. I thought it would be fun to, on this first program, spend a little bit of time just kind of figuring out and learning about how you got here, how we got here to seeking your help and guidance when it comes to the financial world. So take us back to the young Charles days, if you will, and you know, give us that Reader's Digest version of you know, how you got into this business and why you are where you are now as the founder of CP Weldy Group. Great. Appreciate it, Walter. Well, I think it, it all starts with growing up. I mean, I come from a family of 10 brothers and sisters. My parents were, uh, you know, we won the lottery when, you know, I was born. My parents were, mom was a homemaker. Dad was a blue collar worker. Education was really the key in our family. And, you know, we were highly competitive with each other, brothers and sisters. And uh, I remember my first job as a paper boy and then working my way through Villanova, you know, on back of a trash truck and it paid very well. But the reality of it is uh, I always valued education. And even to this day, you know, I never stopped learning. One of the beauties of the career that I'm in is it's an opportunity for lifetime learning. And I believe learning is cumulative and what it, it accumulates is wisdom. I started out as a CPA back in 1978. And a lot of my clients said that, hey, you got people skills, you're in the wrong business. But I loved the analytical part of it. And maybe in 1994, around there, I made an organic transition to financial planning. And I remember at the time, my dad, who I respect so much, said to me, you know, uh, are you sure you're doing the right thing? And basically, I wanted to sell my tax practice and fully engage in financial planning. And I'll never forget his words. He said, hey, don't leave the day job. And, you know, I took his advice and that's where I think we're different today in the sense that not only did we give financial planning advice, we actually used our tax background to actually create tax-free, efficient retirement plans. So the reason why I love financial planning is instead of being an accountant and looking at the past and cleaning it up, you know, I have an opportunity to help people create a brighter future by doing date-specific, dollar-specific written financial plans. And about five, six years ago, I became a member of a mastermind group. We meet twice a year and uh, it's a highly competitive group. Best of the best is what we call ourselves. And what we do is we share ideas and we power each other really to you know, try to make sure that the clients that we work with get you know, the best advice possible. I'm looking at the industry and I think if truth be told, you know, the way that it's set up is the companies are first, the advisors second, and the clients are last. But our philosophy is the clients are first, we're second, and the companies are last. And I think by concentrating on 
given our best advice to the people that we serve, you know, obviously our business grows and it's so rewarding to, you know, do a, a plan uh, and put yourself in the client's position and actually have them re-engineer their, you know, future. Well, I think it's interesting, Charles, to kind of hear your background and hear your story and, and interesting to see that you, you know, were in the tax world specifically for so long as a CPA and then made that transition to a financial planner. Do you find that clients struggle maybe sometimes to see that link between their tax situation and their financial plan and just the, you know, I think I, I just, you know, remember for years and years and years until I started to learn more about this financial world, I always just thought, you know, taxes were kind of their own thing. And it was just what it was going to be was what it was going to be. There wasn't really any delineation between, oh, I can use that to my advantage or this will hurt me if I don't make the right tax decisions here. It was just sort of you filed your taxes and you walked away. And that was, you know, all that really happened. And then your eyes start to get open to this, you know, marriage between the two from a financial planning and tax standpoint. And it seems like you saw that professionally. What about clients? Is that something that you're kind of constantly having to bring up and introduce to folks? Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a tax practice here and part of our services at the end of each tax delivery, I'll spend about three to five minutes asking our clients, A, you know, just ballpark, what do you think you have in your retirement plans that have not yet been taxed? And they'll give me a number, whether it's 300,000, a half a million, a million, two million. And what I'll do is I'll know basically that under current tax law, their liability is going to be somewhere around 22, 24%, and it's not going to get any better. I'll multiply that 24% times a million dollars, and I'll let the client know that, you know, you think you might have a million dollars in your retirement plan, but Uncle Sam's got a quarter of a million dollar adjustable mortgage on that. Wouldn't it be more efficient to consider looking at your retirement plan and actually perhaps prepaying the taxes today at historically low rates? So I think if a lot of people gain the awareness that, hey, you have a silent partner in Uncle Sam, they would look at their retirement account balances in a different, with a different point of view. Yeah, I think that's, I would guess, the most transformational thing that happens when people walk through your door, whether it be taxes or not, is just a different point of view, a different way of looking at things, a different way of attacking the financial problems that ail them. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think Wall Street uh, in general and, you know, maybe the media in particular, they go out of their way to maybe make something that's fairly simple, complicated. And one of the things that we do is we work with buckets and buckets basically are, hey, what do you have in taxable accounts? What do you have in tax deferred accounts? And what do you have in tax free accounts? And basically, of all the people that walk through my office door in the last 15, 20 years, how many people do you think actually have the bulk of their money in tax free accounts? What would you say? Oh, probably not many, right? I could count on one hand, you know, the number of people that have the bulk of their money in tax free. And if they really understood, you know, that there's simple strategies that they can use today instead of waiting until they're you know, forced to take money out of the retirement plan, I think they would take more action today rather than procrastinate. That's like when you think you have a million dollars saved for retirement, but then forget about the bite that Uncle Sam's going to take out of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we always relate it to an adjustable mortgage. As that account grows, your liability of the federal government also grows. So it might be more advantageous to at least identify what the unfunded future tax obligation is and then develop a strategy to start chipping away at it one year at a time. 
What would you say are some of the other top problems that people have from that financial perspective when they come into your door? And how does your process design to help them deal with those? I think uh, the main issue that people have is the volatility in the market. I mean, you know, we've all read articles of people that try to time the market. But basically, again, going back to the bucket plan, if there's like three piles of money, one would be now money, the second pile would be soon money, and the third bucket would be later money. And if you had money in those three different buckets, there's a way that you can take emotions out of your investing and actually get market, you know, like returns. And I'll give you an example. I mean, I'm going to oversimplify it, but the reality of it is, you know, the soon bucket is money that you're going to need for emergencies sooner rather than later or planned expenses within the next year. And the money in that bucket basically would be in a bank account or a cash account, making very little, if any, interest, but at least the principal is protected. And then I always like use the philosophy that, you know what, cash in the bank, maybe 1%. So basically, the now bucket is cash in the bank, 1% for emergency use only or planned expenses. Then we have the soon bucket. And the soon bucket is money that you're going to need sooner rather than later. And what we do when we design plans for clients is that we anticipate, you know, via our discovery process, how much money will they need during the next 10 to 12 years to supplement their retirement. And what we'll do is we'll put that portion of their I guess, portfolio in that soon bucket. And that bucket basically is a spend down bucket. They're going to spend that money down over the next 10 to 12 years. But what it allows them to do is to put the balance of their portfolio in what we call the later bucket. And the later bucket generally is invested in the stock market because you have a 10, 12 year time horizon. And regardless of what happens during those 10 to 12 years or you know one to 12 years, whether the market's up, down or sideways, their emotions are completely out of their investing because they have money to spend in that soon bucket over the next 10 to 12 years. So my concept is that now money 1%, soon money 3%, and 3% is a fair rate of return. I mean, if you're drawing money down, the most important thing is that that account doesn't go down in value. The only way it could go down in value is as you're clearing the money out, you know, month to month to month. And the later bucket, you know, generally will get 6% after fees. And the reason why I say after fees is whether you're a do-it-yourself or you have an advisor as your you know, leader in managing your portfolio, there's always cost involved. So the point I want to make is the money in the now bucket is not going to you know, really make much. It's going to not keep up with inflation, but most people don't care. And the reason being is because they're going to need that money you know, now. The soon money is going to get a fair rate of return and it's not going to get down in value until you pull it out. And when you pull it out to spend it, it allows the later money to actually perhaps double in value over the next 12 years at 6%. And then you start the process all over again. So that's what I love about financial planning and the bucket plans is that, you know, if you get the right amount in each bucket, you can take your emotions out of your investing and just really concentrate your efforts on the things that are important to you, family, vacation, travel, what have you. It's interesting to hear the strategy that goes into the plan. But Charles, maybe before we wrap up today's program, and feel free to uh, throw any other nuggets that you think would be pertinent to the conversation, but I'd love to hear just what it's like to go through the process 
with you, not just what the financial aspects, but like, what's it like for me to come in and sit across from you? How do I even start that process? And then what are all the different steps we take? How many times does it take for us to meet before we've got a, what we would consider a successful financial plan in place and all of those kinds of things? Well, that's a great question. I mean, what I require people to do is just come in for a meeting. It could be as little as 20 minutes. It could be as long as an hour. And the only thing I ask them to bring in is their tax return and a list of you know what they have in taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free money. And then based on that conversation and certain questions that I'll ask, I'll know in 20 minutes you know whether they're a good fit for our firm or we're a good fit for them. And if there is a good fit, we'll charge a planning fee. We'll schedule appointment number two where they'll come in with all their you know, detailed documents. We'll actually build a binder for them. The binder really has everything financial in their life in this one binder and basically bring them back for meeting number three where we'll have their bucket plan co-designed, you know, with their help based on the questions that we ask. And we'll do a presentation as if we were them, what would we do differently than what they're doing currently? And basically the whole process is a three-step process. Discovery meeting is number two. The actual plan delivery is number three. But the first meeting, which is the critical meeting is, hey, are we a good fit for you? Are you a good fit for us? And I guess last but not least, Charles, before we wrap up for the uh, show, the name of it is Reengineering Your Finances. Why did we pick that name? Well, I think if people like keep things simple, you know, before I talk about what the now, soon and later money at 1%, money doubles in 72 years. Everyone's heard of the rule 72. At 3%, money doubles in 24 years. And at 6%, money doubles in 12 years. So re-engineering your finances, if we can take the complex and make it simple, then I think no matter what your current situation is, your future situation is going to be a lot brighter. Well, that is well said. I like that. Take the complex, make it simple. That'll be our mission each and every time here on the podcast. Well, Charles, thank you for this first episode. And uh, we've got a lot to look forward to. And we've got lots of meat and potatoes to dig into starting on the next episode. So we'll look forward to that. Until then, have a great week. Thank you, Walter. All right. That's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Reengineering Your Finances. Look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.